0: a story was told, perhaps in an attempt to explain this. and I'm guided to share this message with you today. The author or authors of this story are unknown, but it's thought to have had its origins in um, during the Babylonian exile and perhaps, folks wondered back then why why were the Israelites being held captive when they were obeying the laws they were um, cooperating with all of the rituals and and the food requirements and so on and so on they were doing right how could this possibly happen to them And so this story is found, as you might have already guessed, in the book of Job. And almost all of us know something uh, to do with the book of Job, something about Job. Um, How many have remembered that verse, what I fear has come upon me? Or maybe someone saw somebody else being patient and said, oh, they have the patience of Job. Well, Job wasn't patient, by the way, but that's a misnomer. Anyway, much of the Bible is allegory, as if you've been here before, you've probably heard us say this. In other words, it's not to be thought of as historical or about a particular person, but it's it's about consciousness. So Job is definitely one of those allegorical Uh, aspects to scripture. I'm not saying that all scripture is allegorical because much of it contains history and so on, but uh, much of it is. And the book of Job is one of the great philosophical works of all time. Scholars uh, agree on this, that it's written in a style that has never been surpassed. That it uh, is dramatic, it is provocative, and the ending of it is stunning. So it's like a like a drama, or like a play, or uh, we could say a story with different parts. Bottom line, it's a story that attempts to answer the riddle, why is there suffering? If God is good, how is it that bad things happen, especially when someone has been Doing all the right things. Now throughout history people have thought that sickness for example was a punishment from God. Um, it was a belief during Jesus time and um, you may recall a point when he healed a man who, was, who had been born blind and the question was put to him, who sinned? Uh, who did something wrong? Was it this man who was born blind or was it his parents? And Jesus said it was neither, and then went on to make a teaching about it. Well, in the book of Job, we find something similar. There's a story of a man that we're told never sinned, and yet all sorts of bad things happened to him. And so the question is why? He always did the right thing. He was good as far as outer actions went. So why, when he was doing everything right, would things turn out so wrong? Sound like a question that you may have asked yourself at some point? Why, when I've done all the right things, did something not work out? So the first part of the allegory or or drama has a conversation going on between God and the adversary or the enemy some people would refer to this as Satan and the discussion has to do with this man named Job who is a perfect man he lives his life in the right way he's prosperous he's he uh, is a uh, lives a life of wisdom is a paragon of virtue he he is Prosperous, unbelievably prosperous. He he has a wife, he has 10 children, seven uh, sons and three daughters. He has many herds, many servants. And the story says that he was the greatest of all the children of the East. And in the drama, um, the adversary makes a wager, offers a wager uh, with God. And it's about whether or not this good man would still be a good guy if he lost all of his wealth, if uh, his family uh, was somehow taken, his his abundance, and so on. Um, and finally, if his health would be taken, as it were. Would he still be this. And so God said, okay, I'll take the wager. And allowed it. God allowed one tribe to kill all of Job's oxen and donkeys. God allowed fire to burn all of the servants and all the sheep. God allowed another tribe to steal all of Job's camels. And God allowed a great wind to come and blow down the house where his sons and daughters were and kill them. And the result was that Job felt it very deeply when he no longer had his possessions, his wealth, his herds, his servants but we're told he remains steadfast. But when his seven sons and three daughters are killed, he is deeply grieved, but he remains steadfast. And when his own body is afflicted, and he's terribly ill and in pain and so on, he hangs on, just barely, but he's depressed and he feels sorry for himself. And finally, he went out and sat on an ash heap. Sitting among the ashes, by the way, is a figure of speech, which means he was wallowing in the remains of his former life. He was wallowing in his lost hopes. Now, Job's wife, by the way, there was a Mrs. Job, and she was still in his life. And apparently, she adds insult to injury because she finds him sitting there, uh, wallowing in his his um, former life, the memories of his former life, and she urges him to renounce God and die. Very helpful wife. Does curse the day he was born. Now bad news travels fast. This is the gospel according to Mary Ellen. I don't think it actually said that, but some of his friends show up, they've heard about his problems, and they show up to supposedly comfort him. And they aren't much comfort because what they bring is when Job is asking them to help him with the, the answer to why he is suffering, the only thing they can do is remind him of what we might call conventional wisdom. God rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. Job, if you weren't doing something wrong, this wouldn't have happened to you. Job, it isn't what you did, but it was what you didn't do. You didn't take care of the widows and the fatherless children and so on. Job, happy is the man who God corrects. You're just being chast- uh, chastened for your own good. God isn't punishing you. God is testing you. of that sound familiar? Those were his friends. Another said, Job, you should just repent for whatever you've done, even if you don't know what it is, just so you can get back on God's good side. Just say it, even if you don't believe it. Fast forward. Job eventually gets to the point where he is speaking to God. He is seeing God, he is hearing God, which in classical language means he had a mystical experience with the sacred. A vision of God, a firsthand experience. And it says that he heard God in the whirlwind. And so we could kind of think about the whirlwind as as his confusion. And it was out of his confusion that he was able to hear his own higher self, the wisdom of his own higher self. His thoughts began to get clear. And he began to think about the majesty of the universe and how even though he knew a lot about the heavens He didn't know how to loose the bands of Orion or guide Arcturus with his sons. In other words, he knew a lot, but there was so much more that he could know. Job wonders, can I bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? Can I change spiritual law? No, of course not. What he senses at this point is how myopic his vision has been about life. And the allegory is all about what goes on in consciousness, yours and mine. It isn't about an outer happening in somebody else's life, it's about an inner process that we all go through. It's a continual kind of thing in our getting clarity, a moving to higher consciousness, higher understanding. We're moving from the thought of what it's all about is being a good human being. This may sound a little strange coming from someone in a pulpit, but your life is not about being a good human being. It never has been never will be. Because that's not who you are. Job's story reminds us that we are not our stuff. That even if we manage to collect a lot of stuff and be outwardly prosperous, that's not what it's about either. And that we may be acting right as far as the world would judge it, but there's something else that's at play here. It's consciousness. And in Job's story, he even saw, and see if this shoe fits, that his family, his sons and daughters were somehow a reflection of him. And so if they made good decisions, he must be on the right track. And if they didn't, then it must be something about him, not about them. Does that sound familiar? See, let's see that this is a story about us. These are deep truth reminders for each of us. It's not just about somebody long ago, it's about our consciousness growing beyond the thought that if we do good outwardly, that's what it's about. If somebody else judges us, the most pious person they know, that's what it's about. It's not. And you see, if this wasn't an allegory, how else would you explain that in the ending of the story, which if you go and read the book of Job, you'll find that he had not only his original sheep and camels returned, but he had them doubled. the double the amount was returned to him. If this wasn't an allegory, then how is it that the story says that his seven sons and three daughters were returned to him How else could it be explained that his family that had evidently cut off contact with him all of a sudden came back and were inspired to bring pieces of gold? In other words, to enrich his life. It's all very symbolic of what happens in consciousness. So what was the cause of Job's initial problems? Was it a wager between God and the adversary? No. Was it and I submit it's this, that it was really his thought that it was that his good in life came because of acting good, being good in an outer sense. Again, we are more than human beings. It's not about acting like a good human being. See, he was confused that his outer stuff, his his uh, all the things that made him prosperous in an outer way, that that was somehow brought would bring him security. He actually feared that he could lose those things. We're told he was confusing channel. With source. And so nothing is the source of our peace, our security, except knowing our connection with our source. He also was confused about part that the physical body played in things. He thought he was his body rather than the other way around. We are not our bodies any more than we are the cars that we drive in. The body is a vehicle that we are using in this dimension. It is made up of the elements of this dimension. When we're in another dimension, it's the elements of that dimension. But we are never the body vehicle. Yes, we want to take care of it in the best way possible. But we existed before this body, and we will exist after this body. I am never sick. My body can be in pain. I am never sick. I am always whole. Something in my body may be broken. I am never broken. I am whole connected with the wholeness of life. And so the climax of the story is Job's up close and personal experience with God where out of the whirlwind of his thoughts comes clarity. Clarity about who he really was. When he got clear on who and what his source was, what his place in all of it was, then he had his abundance returned to him. His body was healed. His family was restored to him in double measure. Job had a change of heart. He prayed and he found peace. He forgave his friends. that gave him all this uh, worldly information. Acknowledged they were just doing what they knew to do. And he found peace. Job realized he wasn't his stuff. He wasn't even his family. He wasn't even his body. He was more. He was a part of something bigger, which is why all these pieces of the universe are spoken to. He was a part of something much bigger. That which creates, sustains, and maintains the universe and everything in it. I guess we could say, Job's God got bigger than wagering. Job's God got bigger to be the all-encompassing energy of life. Maybe we need to get a bigger God. <laughs> a bigger picture of God. So, can we have that uh, last thing I wanted to sum all this up? This is a very metaphysical lesson today. I hope you hung with me. But just briefly, Job means two things. One thing Job means is afflicted and adversity. But Job also means a coming back and a restoration. So, as we say here, metaphysically, the transition from the personal righteousness, because you know what personal righteousness gets us into self-righteousness? I'm being so good. Why is this happening to me? They're not being so good. Look, they're having a good life." All those kind of thoughts. Um, To a change of hearts, a change of intention, and an alignment with our higher self.